want to go. I want to street walk. I don't want to do anything. You, by the time you went there, you're not in the mood anymore. I think, you know, I'd like a cup of hot chocolate and go to bed. I'm like, yeah, this is it. It's, it's, it's taken all the fun. And I was just reading another thing about, um, the, the, about you know, because of the pandemic, do you know what being skin hungry? Because people like me are stuck in their houses. They're not supposed to go anywhere. And you're thinking, my God, we can't, we can't touch anyone. We can't. What's the point? You, you, the safe sex now is coughing into the wall and doggy. By the way, we are live. <laughs> we are live now, Lynn. Um, We're live. All right, we better watch it. <laughs> I had to go live on your rant about Viagra. <laughs> but the point is with Viagra, and then on top of that, you get heart attacks. Well, I and mean, all of a sudden you find out you're fucking a whore. Uh, I was <laughs> fucking a corpse. You're fucking a corpse. And that's against the law. Did you just say you wish you was fucking a horse? That's that's a wish. I'm talking about I'm talking about what happens if you take Viagra, they have a heart attack and they drop dead and you end up fucking a, a corpse and that's illegal. Oh well it depends. You can on probably make both happen in Mexico. Yeah. Do it in Mexico? Yeah. Thank goodness. Do you know do you, do you know what a donkey show is? Ben? <laughs> No, I have no idea. I didn't even know what a pink sock was. No, I can't imagine what a donkey show is. A donkey show is where people pay uh, and they go into this room. It's kind of like an event, like a concert, but uh, they're paying to see a prostitute have sex with a donkey. <laughs> Would you go to one with me? No. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the donkey has terrible breath. <laughs> It would take you back to your exes. It takes me back to my first marriage. <laughs> I didn't even thought of that. I, yeah, you know, it does. <laughs> Except uh, the donkey has better teeth. <laughs> At least you don't have to have conversations, conversations with the donkey. You have to think about that. At least you don't have to have, you don't have, to have any discussions. I'd like to say hi to everyone in the chat. This is your introduction to Lynn Ruth Miller. She is hilarious. Uh, her sex life is better than mine. No, I haven't. <laughs> the other day, Lynn, I'm not joking. The other day, my finger ripped through my toilet paper and I got excited. <laughs> I my favorite, my favorite joke with, with uh, there's a, there's a, a, a man here who, who has a, plays a character in Saul Bernstein, and he says that that he got carpal tunnel syndrome from masturbating. You have to stop and think about that for a while because he's so old; it takes so long to get off. He got carpal tunnel syndrome. I think that's marvelous. And he thought he was joking because he play <laughs> <laughs> he's playing a character. I'm telling him, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. But I would like us to talk some more about. What's off limits? Because I think it's different in the United States, isn't it? I mean, English people, they, they, they're more, um, they, they act like they're more uh, woke, but I think they're less. They yeah. just, they use different words, that's all. But they, they, they're, 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 they, they can absorb, they can absorb uh, edgier Oh, oh well, the best example I can give you is I sing a song about thank heavens for little pads, about incontinent women, and I throw uh, diapers at everyone. 
when I do it in the United States, yeah, when I do it in the United States, you know, they all go, uh, but they love it in Britain. My God, they get, they run and grab them and they throw them around. They love it. I have an idea for you. Oh, they want to know how old I am at the moment. It, honey, the next moment I might be dead, but at this moment I'm 87. <laughs> I, I love I, I love it that you're funny when you're not trying to be. <laughs> I'm funny when I try to be too. I mean. <laughs> so I noticed something online and it got me wondering. You have like four books on Amazon that have said they were released at the same exact time. Is that like an error or did you really write? <laughs> Just write them like that. I was in a hurry. I didn't have enough time left. No. That was the last time Lynn did cocaine. <laughs> okay. That's on the UK site. Uh, my books were published. My first book was published. I've written, I think, 18 of them altogether. I'm not too successful. But this one was Starving Hearts. was about an eating disorder. It was about my eating disorder. And I believe it was, uh, when was 9-11? That was 2001. 2001, yes. So 2000 was when I published Starving Hearts. And 2001 was Thoughts While Walking the Dog, which were a compilation of columns. So I didn't really write it. And then it was much later, I think it was something like 2005, I did The Late Bloomer. Then I've just got one out now. <laughs> Where is it? I just have one out now. I'm going to get it. Um, that is Getting the Last Laugh that just came out in December. And now I have a new one. A new one. Oh, this called, one? This one. Yeah, that one. Yeah. That dog is an Irish dog. So you know what was <laughs> that you know what was going on with him. But anyway. He was drunk. <laughs> we were both drunk. But um, I've just just now, just about a week ago, the, the latest one came out. But I actually wrote it three years ago. Oh, more than that. I've been here seven years and I wrote it before I left San Francisco. So it's it's I wrote it, but we've been editing it and fussing around with it. And it's called Outrageously Old and Loving It. And what it is, is um, it's about the things we that are inside us that keep us from doing everything we can do. So I your ex-husband? My <laughs> so, I mean, I can say to you, you too can have a pink sock. Just don't be afraid. Go, go do it. It's going to, yeah. That's. Can that be our slogan on the show? You hey, too you can too. have a pink sock. Uh, I have a, I have a, I have a pink stock sock. You too can have a pink sock. Bend over. That could be it. <laughs> It'd be a perfect shirt for you, Mike. Yes, I have a pink sock and you can too. You can too. <laughs> only because you're the only one out of Buzz of us that would want to have one. Yeah, I'd wear it. I'd wear it. But I got to put Lynn's face on it, like her pointing. Yeah, like, like, you've got one. Yeah, you've got one. Like an old local sandbuster. Yeah. But it's, it, we should talk about the difference in, in what is acceptable in these different countries. Yes, let's do that. Well, you know, in the United States, we have a bit of an issue right now. Especially with the word cunt. Yeah, this word. Why? They don't, they don't like that word here. Um, oh, but they it, here too. But, but I don't understand. <laughs> why is a woman's body part the dirtiest word you can say? I don't know. I, I don't in the words of comedian Louis C.K., he's like, that's a little like violent of a of a name for a vagina, though. He's like, unless it's like destroying a city, and you're like, somebody shoot that cunt with a bazooka. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My God, I don't want him to shoot mine with a bazooka. That would take care of any hope I have. There would go my future. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, do you plan on doing like penthouse or something? At least. <laughs> Hustler with the lollipop. Hustler with the lollipop. <laughs> She's actually a stripper on the side. Yeah, I do. I do. I don't strip strip. If I would strip strip, I'd empty the house. But the thing that I think is really interesting is I always get standing ovations. And the reason I get standing ovations, you can't see this because I'm a, I'm very little. I'm four mm -hmm. foot ten. So when I get on stage, nobody can see anything. So they all stand up to see if there's anyone on stage. And as soon as they all stand up, I say, thank you very much. And I leave. I get off the stage. Well, you actually save the money on stripper poles because it's going to be it's, it's a really short pole. Yeah. Oh, they save. Yeah, because mine can be mine can be the size of a, of a fence pole, I think. <laughs> I'm really little. But so, I don't so yeah, the height of comedy now though, like a lot of people are sensitive, but I think there shouldn't be a limit on comedy because there, there's a reason why there's parental advisory stickers and warnings on things. If you don't like the content, don't watch it. Now, the only issue I see is like there are comedians that joke about certain things and then later on they actually did it, like with Bill Cosby. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. They actually did it. But the thing... <laughs> The thing is, and Louis C.K. Yeah, yes, he's one, but mm -hmm. I think I think that 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 um, you have a thing and say say this is this is a blue material, and you're yeah. right, you're right that they, they know then that that's what they're going to be seeing, and they shouldn't object. But I think that some comedy is actually cruel, and I'm yeah. talking about comedy. We'll talk about comedy about people who are large. It's a nice mm -hmm. word, large. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes they're they're really cruel. And and I think that, and this woman was saying to me, when people are marginalized, and there are many parts of our population that are marginalized, you have to put it in the right context. For yes. example, I can talk about my being fat, which I'm mm -hmm. not, but I can talk about that. But I can't talk, I can't make a cruel joke about someone else. Right. I, and, and unless now there is a line there, unless you're like somebody like Lisa Lampanelli, who's famous for being an insult comic. But I don't like insult comedy. I don't like insult comedy because I think it's taking it. I, I, I don't like it. And yet one of my friends does it and it's beautiful, but it's mm -hmm. it's making one person uncomfortable for the amusement of everyone. But what if the one per the comedian on stage makes fun of everybody in the audience? I'm Indi for it. <laughs> individually. Yeah, no, individually, I don't know. But I mean, like my friend Inky Jones, he's just wonderful and he does insult comedy. Mm -hmm. And and I just think we're all laughing at this one kid who yeah. came on, he paid his money so he could laugh at you and we're all laughing at him. It bothers me, but I've never, I've never felt anything done in the spirit of comedy. Mm -hmm. I cannot believe that it's wrong. I mean, right. it's meant to be funny. You're, you know, you're coming to a comedy show. It's meant to be funny, and 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 if you can't handle it, then I guess you should watch something else. That, I would, that's, I would say like, Shakespeare, but he's filthy too. So I don't know. That's like uh, there's a lot of comedians that probably wouldn't make it today if they tried, like George Carlin, for instance. That's right. Because of his or Richard Pryor. Because the know. type of comedy. My oh, favorite. Pryor, yes, you're right. 
George Carlin did a joke that made me laugh, but it would not work today. He was he said he was like, so there's a rooster on a weather vane. Well, a cock. It's the same animal. There's a cock on there's a cock on the weather vane, Lynn. Do you know why there was a cock on the weather vane? Because if it were a cunt, the wind would blow right through it. Oh God, that's funny. <laughs> now that's funny. Eddie Murphy's early shit wouldn't happen today. No. Not at all. Do you think well, Joe Rivers? No, I don't know. I'm so busy doing my own comedy. I don't know. I'm thinking of the comedy that, that we do here. And I have never heard anyone that that took a barb at, at one a group or another. I'm very, very upset with um, what's happening with the anger and the prejudice shown to transsexuals here in the mostly I think by lesbians and somebody can say something about, but it's one minority attacking another and, and making jokes about it is, is too sensitive. There's so many things we can, there's so many things that, that are fucked up in this world. We can, right. we can leave the, we can leave the sensitive ones alone. It isn't necessary. I think it's even more fucked up to say that lesbians are the ones attacking transsexual people. Just like even Five years ago, even now, gay people are very viewed down upon. They should be working together. Yes, yes. <laughs> They're supposed to be funny, and this isn't funny. This is real. Yes. yes. They should be working together to, to allow people to understand that they they are part of the human family, and we're all in this together. Yeah. It's a horrible thing to attack somebody because of their difference, any kind of difference. Any kind, because of their difference, something they can't help, who they are. That's and because the the truth is, the more you're different, mm -hmm. the better for humanity. We don't want a bunch of carbon copies here. No, we want everybody being alike. <laughs> I don't want anyone to be like me. I'm too cute. I don't want that. I want that. <laughs> the, the the only form of like insult. It wasn't even insult comedy. She she just made fun of everything was Joan Rivers. She did yeah, it. Was, but she was, she was mean. Yeah. She was mean, but she never targeted one person. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> All um, men. <laughs> oh yeah. Including herself. And herself. I target myself a lot. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of comedy about my being inept. Because, mm -hmm. I, I, uh, because I am. <laughs> right. <laughs> One of my favorite Joan Rivers jokes was when she was on stage and she just got another plastic surgery. And she was like, I'm in the middle of suing Barbie because they have less plastic on them than me. <laughs> <laughs> she's uh, I, she's, but she's, I was really disappointed when I realized people wrote her jokes for her. I did she, not know that. I, yeah. Because my friend Ronnie Vi, whose birthday is coming up pretty soon. He, um, he was a, one of her joke writers. I always thought she just wrote them. I thought they just came out of her, but I don't know. But she, yeah, but she's mean. She had a, um, she had a mean view of the world. But when you think of how difficult her life was, mm -hmm. and I'm talking about making it in the career that she chose, I would have a pretty negative thing about the world too because mm -hmm. she had to just claw her way up to the top and the and the the plastic surgery that she's been doing that she did if she hadn't done it she wouldn't have she had to keep mm -hmm. herself 
looking like what the industry thought was acceptable. And that's awful. I think we're beyond that, but I'm not sure. I don't think we will be beyond that for a while with as mean of people that exist in the world. I think you might, you might be right. And that's sad. That's really sad. Because uh, not to like get too political here, but we just got over a president that grabs women by the pussy. Oh my God. I can't <laughs> believe that this man who was setting an example for children on how you can be the leader of a nation was so racist and so sexist and, 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 and is supported. I'm sorry, Republicans, you shouldn't have done it. It's, it's people say, yeah, but his policies were good. Well, I didn't think they were either, but at the same time to, to support someone, but I felt the same thing about Clinton. I thought that, that just because, uh, what was her name? Um, Monica, Monica Lewinsky. Monica Lewinsky, yeah. You know I love the, how we all mention Clinton and we're like, oh, Monica. <laughs> no, you know, you know, the joke, the joke is she's turning 40 and it seems just like yesterday she was crawling around the White House on her hands and knees. But I, <laughs> but, um, that, that, that they, that they, they made excuses now? for that. Hmm? <laughs> Tony was like, how's that presidential cock taste now? Yeah, yeah how is it? <laughs> so my question is, is how famous do you have to be that somebody sucks your dick and then they become famous? <laughs> I mean, it happened to her. It happened to Tiger Woods' ex-wife. Like, <laughs> like, I hope I acquire that amount of fame where I'm like, hey, baby, I'm going to make you famous. Yeah. <laughs> For yourself. <laughs> that, that's when the Oval Office became the Oral Office. I think that's sad. I think, I think, and, and you know, it's very hard to do um, to do really clean comedy. It's really hard to do. And like Red I, Skelton style. Oh yeah, he was funny. But 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 remember, I was in the fifties. I thought he was funny. Um, it's really difficult to do. And I think it's because there's an element of, we still think it's naughty mm -hmm. and it isn't. I think we should know by this time, nothing human is naughty except for you. <laughs> I love you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. We've already discussed what, discussed what will happen if we, if we take well, a step further. <laughs> well, if we took this a step further, she can't have kids. <laughs> I'm dumpster then. And and her and her clip would be easy to find. It's somewhere on the floor. Right <laughs> <laughs> like, like, we just go kick it around. It's somewhere. Yeah. It's true. It's true. But, um, <laughs> I, I I think um because what happens, and this is there's a comedian here. And I don't want to say her name because I mean she would she would be very upset if I she knew that, that I was talking about. But she is a mother who mm -hmm. talks about there's a word for it, tough mothering. Mm -hmm. And I have a degree in child education and child psychology, and it's awful to to for people to laugh at people that are being that cruel to their children. It's awful. And I and 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 I I mean she's a, she's a lovely woman and I I I, I but to we do that when we make, and when I do comedy about inept old men, which believe me is all of them. But when I do comedy about it, <laughs> I'm wrong because there are a lot of little old men out there that don't want to feel that they're not viable. Mm -hmm. 
in their baggy pants and their <laughs> toothless, you know, they give you that look. You know, they give you that look and you know what they want. You know what they want, sleep. That's what they want, sleep. <laughs> they want you to help you. They want you to help them achieve it. Yeah. Give me some hot tea. Yeah, they have no. Uh, it's it's but but I feel that I'm. It's such good material, but I feel that I'm wrong to do that because mm -hmm. that makes people. I don't want anybody in the world, Mike, to feel inadequate. Yeah, I just don't. If someone like me, proper English, anyone that's listening, someone like I am, uh, can get up at seventy. At, uh, just even can get up at seventy is amazing. But can get up and 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 start a comedy career. Anybody can do anything, but they can't feel inadequate because if they feel inadequate, they won't try. That is one hundred percent true. You are you are a motivational speaker as well. Geez, that was that was good. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I have a dirty mouth. They won't let me do it. So you you had me dying laughing though because you sent that email and you're like, I'm the world's oldest stand up comedian. Anyone else can't stand I can't stand up. But there's one that's older. She's in Philadelphia. Who's that? I forget her name. She's in Philadelphia. She's uh, 89. But but um, but she's I'm gonna, other people's jokes. I don't. I use my own. I'm going to schedule a cage fight for you. You're going to okay. take her down. Yeah, I mean, because I thought I was the oldest, and then I found her, and she was. Um, uh, she's but and she's. I'm sure she's lovely. Um, but since she tells other people's jokes, I'm going to go back to the whole joke writing thing because there oh, are. Yeah, what about what what about that? There's actually a lot of comedians that have ghost joke writers. I don't know if you know this or not. Yeah, Carlos Mencia does. It's called Every Other Comedian. That ever. is Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, there's there's, it's called every comedian, yeah. there's this comedian by the name of Bruce Valanche. I don't know if you've heard of him. He was on Hollywood Squares. He was the heavy set guy with the glasses. He actually writes jokes for over like 50 comedians. He's written stand-up comedy specials for people. He's wrote, you know, the Grammys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He writes all the jokes for the actors and shit at the Grammys, like all that. I I have a question about that. There's a, a lovely, I have a joke that says the one nice thing about dating at my age is you don't have to worry about meeting their parents. There's a woman, <laughs> there's a woman who is in her fifties that said to me, could I use that joke? And mm -hmm. because I be, she's absolutely, she's the loveliest person. And I, and I thought a joke is not just what you're saying. Mm -hmm. It's who's saying it. Mm -hmm. It's the way you say it. And it's who you're saying it to. Yes. Who you're saying it to. So I said to her, you know, go ahead, use it. And she did. And she said to me, it didn't work for me. And I said, that's because your parents are still alive. <laughs> well, what's what's an interesting thought, though, is there are improv comedians that unknowingly will take people's jokes because that happened to Robin Williams a lot. Like he would he didn't write a script. He just told shit off the top of his head and he just didn't realize. No, that's right. You don't know, because first of all, I said, there's nothing new under the sun. I was doing uh, God, which one was it? Oh, it was the the one. Oh, it's about my my gay husband. Um, I, 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 I caught him. The joke. I is, didn't know you were her husband. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> 
he wasn't. You were. Anyway, the, oh. <laughs> okay. um, the joke is on our wedding night, which none of you people even know what that is, but on our wedding night, I caught him with a bellboy and I said, oh, what are you doing? And he said, I'm showing him my pot of dew. And I said, why is he crying? And he said, because he wanted a tip and I gave him the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> I made that up. But that my, sounds like something you'd do in Vegas. There was a comedian here who was in, in here in the UK who was determined to show that I was stealing my jokes because I don't. Mm -hmm. And she found a similar remark that someone else had made. I made that up, but because there, there's nothing new, you're going to say, you're not, you're, you're going to say something similar to what someone else has said. Mm -hmm. You're just going to. So, and when you're doing improv, you're reaching into this bed of, of, of uh, knowledge that you've got that came from hearing a funny joke and you do it. You just, you just do. And it's a, I think if you realize that the joke is more than the words, mm -hmm. it, it you don't get too upset if somebody says something similar. What do you think of like, because I saw this interview, it was with Robin Williams once again, and he said, a friend of mine said, and then he told the joke. And then another comedian who wrote the joke is like, hey, this happened to me. Is it stealing the joke if you come out and say, hey, a friend of mine said this? Well, I would think that that if you're going to use someone else's joke, that you should use their name. What if he didn't know who it was? Because you know a lot of people. That could be too. Yeah. I, and then you say, I read somewhere. Yeah. <coughs> like, I is that do, stealing though? I do opinion? a joke. My God, I do a joke. It's the one about um, a man is walking down the street with a suppository in his ear. And someone says, sir, you have a suppository in your ear. And he says, oh, now I know where I put my hearing aid. And I do that, <laughs> and it's not mine. And I don't know whose it is, but it's mm -hmm. not mine. Mm -hmm. So I guess, and if somebody wrote me and said, well, that's my joke, I would use their name so people knew. Yeah. It's, it's in relation to... Um, it's in relation to something else. I think it's something with my teeth. Oh, I... I, I I, I put my hearing aid, I lost my hearing aid and I never did find it till I had a, I had to go get my teeth. But by that time, the batteries were soaked. Nobody <laughs> ever gets that. And what are this? You got it. But most people don't. It's that I put the hearing aid in the water with the, with the teeth. And that was, and so the battery will soak. So, and I explain it with a suppository joke. But the thing is, none of us, maybe I don't want to make a, a blanket statement. I can speak for myself. When I do, and comedy has changed. Let, let's talk about that. Comedy has changed. It used to be you got up and just did a string of jokes, but that's mm -hmm. not what you do now. And I believe it was George Carlin that changed it. Yeah, he, he, he just told the truth. Yourself. Mm -hmm. you, you, uh, my comedy is always related to myself. Mm -hmm. I, I, it, it's what I did, what I, me. It's talking about yourself. So, so if you're doing that, you aren't going to be using other people's jokes that much. Mm -hmm. Whereas well, sometimes you can still accidentally, because people do have similar things happen, but sure. And you will. And, 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 but nobody does it intentionally because they're, they're talking about things that happen to them. Mm -hmm. So that would, that would, uh, let's see, let's see. He says there's 7 billion people on earth. You're right. 
Every time I think it's one, it's, there is no one-off. That's right. Yep. There's somebody, somebody somewhere has said it. Plus, in an industry of millions of people trying to make it, there's going to be a joke told twice. Oh, hundreds of times. The thing about comedy is, and I think George Carlin said it, it's not uh, the person, it's not per se the joke that makes a joke good or bad. It's the context and the way that comedian tells it. That's the point. That's the point. And I, I would like to talk about how important, particularly in this thing, this pandemic, I'm absolutely appalled that they took away the one thing that would help people get through the pandemic, which mm -hmm. is comedy. Because mm -hmm. you can't do the comedy. You can't do stand-up comedy. You can't. And the one thing that helps people get through every tragedy, every horrible thing is comedy, is to, to laugh at it. To, mm -hmm. to be able to laugh at what's happening. And, that and music, and we got... And music, absolutely. Well, the thing with the difference between music and comedy is in the pandemic is musicians can still like do live stream songs. It's different for a comedian because a lot of comedians react based on the crowd. And when you don't have a crowd... Oh, yeah, you've got to... I've always said there are three elements to every joke. The setup, the punch, and the laugh. Mm-hmm. And when you do it on Zoom and they're not laughing, you you think you can't hear them laugh. You don't know if it hit. You don't mm -hmm. know if the joke landed. You just don't know. And and people don't think when I when I get up there, and I'm sure any of us when we do we do comedy, they think I'm just chatting with them. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I've written all my material. I've written it. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking while I'm talking to them, like I'm talking to them, I'm thinking, what do I say next? Where is the toilet? I mean, you know, I'm thinking a lot of stuff besides what I'm saying. <laughs> Better find it fast. Uh, did yeah. I remember to wear my diaper today? Like, Did I remember to wear my diaper today? That, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I've done one where while I was talking, the elastic in my skirt had wasn't holding up and I'm thinking to myself, my skirt is going down to my knees and I'm wearing on this pattern while I can feel my wardrobe descending to my ankles. And I'm thinking, Oh my God, what do I do? How do I get off this stage? But um, so that has happened. But um, I, I think that, that, that we've got to understand the thing that I think that's important for comedians to understand is we're doing something very good for the world. Mm -hmm. We're telling people that the terrible things that happen to them are not the end of the world. We've right. had it happen to us. That's all it is. When I do my jokes, it always amazes me at how many young people will come up and say, yeah, that kind of thing happened to me too. You know, I forgot where I was. So I was like, you did. <laughs> well, you better... You better go to a psychiatrist. You're in trouble, honey. But uh, the, the, how many people? It 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 makes it okay not to be okay. Yeah, but like it, we're humans. We don't have great days all the time. That's right. And it makes it okay. And I and and we're showing because they've always said you show, you don't tell. And we're mm -hmm. showing the world that being human is a roller coaster. You have good days. You have bad days. What what actually uh, I've been wanting to get into stand up comedy and the one thing that I've always been told that is hard about being a touring comedian is you will have your joke set up and in one city none of your jokes will work or maybe a few will and in another city they all work. I have not had that problem. You I your joke because you're fucking hilarious. They work everywhere. 
Pardon? You're fucking hilarious. Your jokes work everywhere. That's what I mean. If it's funny, it's funny. No, no, no. Really and truly. I mean, I, I, I've done Hanoi. I, I, you've got to be careful, for example, in really conservative countries. I, I, you don't say cunt in really conservative countries. You don't. You can think it, but you don't say it. But I did a comedy in Kuala Lumpur, which is the most restrictive area. It's Malaysia, and it's very restrictive. And every joke worked. If it's if it's funny and there's humor to it, it'll work. I do I disagree with the person that told you that because I've I've done I've taken my comedy everywhere. If well, it were and it, it, it might depend on the uh, material too, because the crowd sometimes makes a difference. The crowd makes a difference. I have a uh, crowd makes a difference, and also you're right. The material it's important to know to whom you are speaking because mm -hmm. and if your material is political you run a bigger risk mm -hmm. um, I, was, I was like this comedian i was watching the other day he was like uh he came out and he asked about gun control and he's like all right who all is for it and everybody raised the, the people raised their hand and he's like all right i asked that same question in the south and they just started open firing right <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just it. I love it. Uh, what is it? Um, uh, it's my friend, my friend Mike Moto, who said this guy was really macho, macho guy. He said, "I don't want to go to San Francisco because there's a bunch of gays there." So Mike said, "Well, why does that scare you?" He says, "What if they come?" And he described this man as the most unappetizing man. He said, "So the, uh, this man said to him, well, what if one comes on to me?'" So, so Mike, <laughs> he said, well, you could say no, <laughs> you could say no, but I mean, the idea that, 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 that somebody's so unappetizing, God, the way you described him, nobody's going to come on to you. Don't worry. And gay and gay men are very, very selective. I know that. Um, I married one, so I could tell you, I know that, um, uh, you have, but you have to know, for example, if you go in the South. You have to be really careful about your your jokes about black people. Mm -hmm. You have to be very careful because one, they're guilty. Two, they're bigots. <laughs> they're bigots, and they're and three, they don't like to discuss it. When I go to Germany, I've always wanted to go to Germany and open my set by saying, "Hello, I'm Lynn Ruth Miller. I'm the Jew you missed." But I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's all. <laughs> because that's, they're very sen they're very sensitive. That's hilarious because <laughs> that that joke reminds me of um it was one of the last jokes that Joan Rivers told and she was asked to apologize for it. She is Jewish and she was sitting there and they showed this picture of Heidi Klum who is a Jewish actress. And she was wearing a tight dress. And they asked Joan Rivers what she thinks about Heidi Klum. And Joan Rivers, this isn't me saying it, it's Joan. Joan said, the last time I saw a Jew that hot, they were pulling them out of the ovens. Oh, God, that's funny, but it's awful. <laughs> and, and they asked Joan Rivers to apologize on the news. And she's like, fuck you. Why are you getting offended for a group of people that you don't belong to? She's like, I'm Jewish. I thought it was funny. I know, I know. It's you know. I always said I go to Germany. If they hand me a bar of soap, I'm leaving. But that's also it's the same thing. But but they're very very sensitive. So you've got to be careful, and, and you've got to be careful. What is it? They they um. I'm gonna be. I'm. Gonna... 
Is that your life alert? What the hell was that? <laughs> somebody, somebody knows I'm here. They're coming for <laughs> you. This is a, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. This is a building of older people. Uh -huh. It's called sheltered housing. And somebody always leaves the stove on. <laughs> Why does it let off your alarm too, though? Well, because it's in the building. Oh, in, so theory, in theory, the building is burning down. <laughs> this is the last interview with Lynn Ruth Miller before her building burnt down. Before, yeah, before she before she was burned to a crisp. Wouldn't, that, wouldn't, that, wouldn't that suck you made it this far in life and you ended up dying in a house fire? <laughs> <laughs> All because I didn't want to leave the podcast. I said, no, that's showbiz. <laughs> the show must go on. So the show must go on. This will go on for a while if you can stand it, but I'm fine. I can stand it. You're lucky. You have an advantage. You can just take your hearing aid out. I can hear you. <laughs> so you're here to promote your book. So do you want to talk a little bit about it? Well, this one, this one. <laughs> Is is about it's a can do, it's a can do book. It's a can do book. It's you can do anything you want. Mm -hmm. Nothing, it's getting the last laugh. Nothing that I've done. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a special talent. I've developed. <laughs> you develop who you are. Mm -hmm. It's and that's what that book is about. You and if you evolve, but it's also it's also funny. He said the alarm wants to be part of the show. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's our buddy Kanak. He's from India. Hmm? That's Kanak. He's from India. Oh. <laughs> they have you're... good food. They have good food in India. <laughs> I've heard really spicy though. Oh yeah, it's marvelous. <laughs> English food. English food is terrible. They don't know. No. If they don't, if they don't dip it in and if they don't fry it and wrap it in newspaper they won't eat it you you know american food's bad whenever we start imitating other countries <laughs> taco bell and but you know we also should talk about about the midwest because we're all from the midwest well you're not you're from texas but the english yeah it does it does suck um, all right because those are very down home kind of people, the Midwest, where we're from. Mm -hmm. But they're also very conservative. They also can't see that there are other ways to live a life. There are other yeah. ways to be a person. Yeah, I live in Especially Ohio. in Kansas. Kansas? Nobody lives in Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite Indian dish. Is I think it's butter chicken or chicken tiki. I love that tiki tiki tiki. <laughs> so, what made you decide to leave Ohio and end up in England? You left Ohio. Yeah, but I I stayed in the United States. <laughs> I stayed in the states. What made you want to leave the states? Oh, leave the states is different. I was in California when I left the states. 
Oh, what made you decide to do that? Ohio because I couldn't stand it. (laughs) The weather's weird in Ohio. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Nobody believes it. We have have winter until May, winter Mm -hmm. until May, and then all of a sudden it becomes an oven. Mm-hmm. You live in Texas, where mm-hmm. it's so fucking hot. <laughs> yeah. Well, in Arizona, during the summer, it's supposed to reach 120. And they say, yeah, but it's dry heat. Oh yeah, bullshit. It's still fucking hot. <laughs> you you drive you drive in your vehicle with the windows down. It's like you're getting blasted in the face with a hair dryer. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Trust me, I ride a motorcycle. I know all about it. God, it's hot. Yeah, it's terribly hot. Um, but I was living in California. I lived in California for 30 years. Damn. How'd you like California? You, you like it? Now, how do you like California? I love California. They're they're crazy, but it was oh. northern California. I met Robin Williams. I know Robin. I don't know him. I met him. Mm-hmm. What was that like? He was it was nearing the end when mm. I met him and he was too scattered. He he was not able to to carry on a, a focused conversation. So do you think it was the Parkinson's or whatever the dementia that kicking in? But he's a very polite, nice man. He's a I've very heard. polite lovely. I've, um, I've heard. I've heard Robin Williams is a nice guy. Very sweet, really nice man. But he was not able, performance performance demands a certain amount of concentration, a certain amount of um, a focus of staying on the topic. And he couldn't. He couldn't. He just was all over. Yeah. Yeah. Robin, though, the thing is, is in his life, man, he's he had dementia and Parkinson's toward the end. But the guy lived a fast life. Well, is that bad? Well, it's I mean, not. It's talk to me about that. Do you want to just give in to an illness? No, I wouldn't. It, like, and, and I believe that his performing saved him. I, I believe in, and this is a controversial topic, but fuck it. I believe that if somebody is dying from an illness, there should be legally allowed per, uh, assisted suicide in hospitals. I absolutely agree. Like, if you're dying anyway, you don't want to suffer. They should be allowed to, like... Absolutely. And there is the story of this woman who had tattooed on her chest, do not resuscitate. Mm -hmm. And then on her back, she tattooed, turn me over. (laughs) (laughs) Is that person you? Hmm? That's me. How did you know? Yeah, Mike has Mike has Let's welcome see. aboard tattooed across his ass. <laughs> welcome aboard. I lost you. This thing is going to go on forever. It's absolutely uh, maddening. So uh, no, what Tony said is, uh, I have welcome aboard tattooed on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to get Squidward tattooed on my junk and my dick be his nose. I think that's funny. Welcome aboard. I have. I have I have an arrow that says open for business. <laughs> Slippery when wet. Yeah, it's not working. It's not working. 
Slippery when wet. <laughs> I, 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 nobody, nobody sees it. I think it's probably my diaper covers it. But anyway, yeah. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> Got to put on some pins so you can Hello, be we can, we can think again. Oh, my God, that was awful. Oh, um, we, we tough it out because we're tough people. But that, but that's that also was performing. That's what I'm talking about. You keep going. Yep. You keep going no matter what. Hey, Kanak yes. wants you to get a tattoo on your penis. I will. <laughs> I, I want to get a tattoo that whenever it's soft, it says W-E, and when it's hard, it says Wendy's. <laughs> I've read about what is it they say, welcome to the, welcome to Arizona or something. You know? No, I, I heard this hilarious joke, and I think you'd find it funny. There was this guy who had Wendy tattooed on his dick, and he got on a plane and he he uh, arrived somewhere, and he was like on like a sports team, and he was on this team. And there's this uh, big Jamaican guy in the shower, and he went in with him and started washing. And he looked down at the Jamaican guy's dick, and he's like, "You have Wendy tattooed on your dick too?" Because he saw We. And the black guy's like, "No, no, 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 no. When it gets hard, it says Welcome to Jamaica. Enjoy your stay." <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> that always reminds me. This is also a disgusting joke about. This little 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 white guy, Caucasian, is is relieving himself. He's at a urinal when this black guy comes running in, unzips his fly, and and lets loose. And he says, "Just made it." And the little white guy says, "Can you make me one just like it?" <laughs> <laughs> I heard this comedian the other day, uh, Jim Norton's his name. He said he walked into a urinal and saw his buddy standing there peeing. And he said, I walked up behind him, got this close to his neck hairs. And I was like, hi. And, as, and he's like, it turned out it wasn't my friend. <laughs> Yet. Yet. <laughs> That's it. So you don't do stand up? No, I plan on it, though. Well, do it. I do it. There, there's no... That we're getting some wonderful, uh, wonderful uh, penis tattoos here. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get AIDS. Good luck finding someone to do it. I'm gonna get a tattoo on my dick where when it's soft it says AIDS, but when it's hard it says Adidas. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that's it. Uh, where were we? We were on something. I don't know. You're freezing a little bit, Lynn. This happens when it's live. Hold on. Hold on. Um, there you go. You froze a little bit, but we're good now. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. The fire. No, they. There was no fire. Just some guy left his stove on. It happens mm. all the time. Well, welcome to Milton Keynes. Yeah, this is so <laughs> what do you got? So, Ozzy living next door? <laughs> you got Ozzy Osbourne living in the house. He's catching the house on fire. <laughs> so you got a show in Milton Keynes coming up, don't you? Yes. If they do it, I don't know whether they'll do it. And it's so lovely. And Suzanne doesn't know it, but I'm gonna be singing a song too. I'm singing a song. She says she I'm gonna sing a cute song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what, what song is it? Well, it's um, it's a, it's it's it's, it's a parody. It's a parody. I know. Well, the one I'm going to be singing, I can never remember the guy's name, but it's it's a standing at, uh, uh, leaning on a lamppost, leaning on a lamppost on the corner of the street. Uh, it's a very famous English song, but I'm going to be doing a couple others too. So she didn't uh, know that. Oh, she, I thought you're. I thought you were going to cover like Nine Inch Nails. I want to fuck no, no. you like an animal. <laughs> That's not how I do things. No, no, no. Well, that's the other thing with comedy. It's raining men. No, she fucks like an animal, a turtle. But she continue. Or fucking an animal by gore. Go ahead. I'm sorry, dear. Uh, like a sloth. 
No, I, I uh, did this joke one time because I did stand up for a little bit, and I would always tell people that my grandparents fuck like turtles. One crawls on top and falls off. Oh, oh I think that's bad. <laughs> but but the, 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 the thing with comedy is it has to be believable. That's the thing that makes the difference. Mm -hmm. It has to be believable. You have to look at that person and think, yeah, that really did happen to them. They really did see that. It has to be beautiful. It has to be absolutely believable. And what most comedians do is they get up and they do these outrageous things that, that you know it didn't happen. And so they don't get a laugh, even though it's funny to the guy that's saying it. Of course, you get drunk enough, you think you're funny anyway. But that's, but you know, it's, that's what happens. But this has been, this is, this has been the most exciting profession I've ever been in. And I've been in a lot of them, but, but to be 70 and start making people laugh in two, three, four generations below me mm -hmm. is, is, is lovely. It's, it's like a, it's like a gift. You get and to make people laugh for a living. Like, what's a better job than making people laugh? That's right. That I make people laugh because always when I when I when someone tries to say something funny to me, I say, "No, nope. I say I'm funny. I get paid for it." <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of comedy, yes, you're in comedy. You've written great yeah. books. But would you say that your big break was on Britain's Got Talent? No, that was not. That they make a. I was on America's Got Talent too. I got to. Um, I got to Las Vegas week and, and, um, and, and, and the woman that, that, that beat me, she didn't win, but she got to the next step was Tanya Lee Davis, who was a wonderful, wonderful girl, wonderful woman, but she's a, a little person. Mm -hmm. So the guy that actually did win that went, that went out with me after they told me that I didn't make it. And he said, you know, he said the dwarf got the sympathy vote. And I said to him, Give me a few years and I'll take her on. And at that point, Tanya is, I think, something like four foot. She's three feet something. Mm -hmm. But I am, at that time, I was five foot two. I am now four foot ten. I'm getting there. In a couple of years, I'll just take her on. I'll get there. Yeah, I'll win. But anyways, no, my big break here was when I was on first date. And the reason, the thing that made it, and they use this as a, as a, for an ad to get people to, you know what first date is? No, I have no idea. I just thought you met your first date. They fix up people. And I think I was one of the first ones that they fixed up that was over. I was 82 or 83. Did it and work they, out? Hmm? Did it work out? No, no. But, oh, no. I mean, oh, God, he was awful. But the point is, <laughs> he said to me, the line was, he said, oh, he, he was a nice man. And he said, um, do you have children? And I said, oh, God, no, I'd never do that to my vagina. And they used that. Yeah. He was shocked. But uh, they used that as, as, as an ad for first date for a really long time. God, no, I would never. That and the, and the nice thing about dating at my age is you don't have to meet their parents. But that made it in Britain. People know me from first date. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, that isn't why I want to be famous. Because <laughs> I was funny. You need, to get that, you need to get that on a shirt. I wouldn't do that to my vagina. <laughs> do, do you, can you do better? <laughs> or do you want to try? 
(laughs) (laughs) That's back to the open for business thing. I don't know. So once COVID lets up, do you plan on touring the States? Uh, I have an agent. It took me this long to get an agent. I've, I, I, he finally, I came over here and then he decided I was famous enough, but he's a PR guy, not an agent. And he wants to set up a tour. And I would like to, mm-hmm. because I haven't been back to Toledo. I would love to go back to Ann Arbor. Um, I, I would like to go back to Ann Arbor because I went to Michigan and I loved University of Michigan. And Obama has sent his daughter to the University of Michigan. So now everybody knows about it, but nobody ever heard of it before. It was a, what was it? Um, you know, we used to go, we used to go to the Arboretum. Now I told you what, this is before the show started. I told you that I thought that all men's genitalia was shaped like a fig leaf. <laughs> Could you imagine if that was it? Like I, was, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be happy if I was a man with a fig leaf dick. Well, that was all I ever saw, you know, because I only saw them in art museums. But when I went to the Arboretum, I knew what it felt like. It wasn't a, wasn't a, I knew it wasn't a fig leaf, but I had never seen one. I just, you know, because it's dark in the Arboretum. That's the Arboretum is where we all went to get pregnant. I mean, we hoped. Let so me what? Say, the Arboretum is where we all got pregnant. That isn't where we went to get pregnant. That was the <laughs> So, so my my question is, is why do all these old like you know the uh, classic sculptures and stuff? Why do they have such small dicks? <laughs> and no arms. Okay, <laughs> no arms. No, that no, that's Venus. That's Venus. She doesn't have a dick. Uh, I think <laughs> when you're an artist, it really has nothing to do with the size. It's how it fits into the picture. That's. It. <laughs> Like they're usually really ripped and it's really small. I feel sorry for the women back then. <laughs> women. Well, you look at the Renoir or at the Renoir. I can explain why women were always very voluptuous because food was scarce and it was a sign of wealth to have a lot of body fat. I'm just telling can you. Can we that. can we go back to that? <laughs> Please. I think you know. The lockdown, what has happened with the lockdown in the United States here? We, I've become a, I've become a cook. Everybody has gained weight because, you, because you're just sitting around eating. There's nothing else that you're doing. Some people work out, but those are the people that work out no matter what. But how can you? At least in England, we were, we were, I get letters every couple of months from the NHS that says, stay home. I said, all right, all right, I will. Stay home. Uh, you can't go out. And I don't have a garden. I don't have... You Living in the UK is very different than the United States, where you have great big front yards and backyards. And, you, you know, everybody's packed into these little buildings and all like that. And, and you can't work out. Well, what's what's crazy about the states is we never really took this virus that seriously, but they were still saying stay home, but they weren't giving us any money to stay home. Yeah, well, I don't know whether they did. In, I think they did in Britain. People in Britain would have to tell me because, of course, I got none. But what happened here is all performance stopped. So the mm-hmm. the um, the the people that suffered were people that weren't making that much money anyway which is what's heartbreaking because performers, except for the big names, we don't make that much money. And most of us do this. We love it, but we do this. We don't, those of us who are relying on this as a, as a living, 
are just barely making it, and then it just stopped. Yeah, like like been on a stage. Mm. There was like, a break in July because I was on a stage in July with uh, they had a special microphone cover and they had all kinds of stuff. I was on a, a stage in July and I was also on a stage in October because that's when I did my 87th birthday party. So I was on a, but again, that was, that was with people sitting six feet apart and it was. Yeah. We, we, we had regulations here for concerts. Like they got rid of big ones and like they didn't have concerts for a long time. We did the six feet apart and the mask thing, but they weren't like making it a law to wear a mask or to stay six feet apart. So a lot of people weren't wearing masks and what's happening with the vaccination what do you think of this vaccination passport thing i think the vaccination has been rolled out too fast in my opinion because most vaccines take about a year and a half to two years and it's only been about a year i was worried about that too but i got the vaccine i got it because i felt it was a social necessity i'm i'll get it because i to look out for other people. Cause when I move back home, I'm probably going to be living with my parents again. My dad is immunocompromised. So. Mm. I yes, just don't exactly. want but I've also had COVID I've had it and it was very mild. So mm -hmm. I have, I've taken it semi-seriously, but the thing with the vaccination passport, the thing that troubles me is I thought it was a great idea. And I know that it isn't, that people are objecting like mad. And I would love you to talk a little bit about the attitude with that. It seems to me that for travel, if you have a vaccination, you've had both shots, mm -hmm. you should be able to travel. Yeah, you should. I think I, I agree with the you needing to be tested for different ailments before flying out of the country because there's diseases that are in like other countries that aren't here anymore. Like well, you do that, you do that, lovey. When I was going to Vietnam and, and, and Singapore and, and Jakarta, I had to have special shots. They gave me yeah. special shots. So yeah. I agree with that. I so I agree. But they're beginning to think that this is, they're saying this is discriminatory. And there are people that are afraid to take, take the vaccine. And you gave a very good reason. It mm -hmm. hasn't been tested completely. They're just discovering that the Oxford one has stimulates blood clots. And then they're saying, no, no, it does. And there was, yes, yes, it does. And, 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 and people are afraid. And I think that you have a right to decide. Mm -hmm what to put in your body. But if we do these, this passport, then what we're saying is if they don't do what we want them to do, then they can't travel. If is you're, tra if you're traveling within the country that you're in, I don't think you should have to get the vaccine because I that virus you. is in your country. But if you're traveling outside of your country, the other country has a right to say, Hey, we don't want the possibility of that virus being here. So you have the right to be afraid of the vaccine, but we have the right to deny you access into our country. I agree with you there. Tell me what's happening in Arizona because you've got lots and lots of old people. In Arizona, the numbers, I think, were still number two of the most cases, but they just let up all the regulations. How come? Because they because just they had enough. They said it's too late to really do anything, so you might as well lift up the regulations and just let immunity kick in. Well, Sweden did the same thing. And there's mm -hmm. Sweden did it through the whole thing. 
And from what I can gather, and there are people listening so they can tell me if I'm wrong, their mortality rate is pretty much the same as throughout the world. In other words, yeah. it doesn't seem to make a difference. Right. Which I think yeah. is good. And, and what you're saying, if, if you have to have, be tested before you can travel, that's one more thing that they're doing at that airport. It's, it's yeah. this is Jackie. She says she's afraid because it hasn't been tested long enough. I understand that. I and, agree. I agree with that sentiment. Sorry to interrupt you, Lynn. I just mm. wanted to get a point across, but in the United States, yes, COVID's a bad thing. So other countries should be able to say you can't come here unless you get the vaccine in the same vein where Americans should be able to say, Hey, you are traveling from South Africa where bubonic plague is still bad. You need tested for it yes. and vaccinated. I agree. I agree. Before I, you come into the country, because we don't need another virus to spread all over the world again. Not that one. Fuck off with that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that? Uh, my, remember friend, my friend Andrea uh, went to visit her. She's, he lives here. Went to visit her friends in her family in uh, Sarasota. And as soon as she got to Sarasota, she got COVID because mm -hmm. every country has its own variation of the disease. They all say yeah. no, the same thing, but it isn't so. No, uh, different states in the United States have it. California just got a real bad strain they discovered. Mm. That's where I'm from. Uh, yeah. See, this is, this is someone says I was scared too, but I got it because of work. I, I got the vaccine. Oh, I got the vaccine here with first place. All people over 85. Do you realize how old the people were in the waiting room? Mm -hmm. I've never seen anything like it. The walkers and the oxygen tanks. And I'm thinking as I'm waiting to get the shot, I'm mm -hmm. thinking, are they really going to give me a, a, an inoculation? Or is this the final solution? Tony's leaving us. He has to go to like a go do stuff, but we're still going to be the, live. The, the VA yeah. is sending me to go get my hearing tested because 3M gave the government faulty earplugs. Oh, so you're going to wait, wait, wait are you, does that mean you're going to have to wear a hearing aid? No, it's not. I don't have that bad a hearing loss, but like it's better. <laughs> it, it's, it's bad enough that the government's going to give me a check for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, that's, not, that's, not bad. that's not bad. But I will see you guys later. It's, it's been fun. meeting you, Tony. Hey, you too. Gonna, but you but think yeah, I totally understand people being afraid of the vaccine, like I said, but countries deserve the right to be like, hey, you can't enter this country. I, all right. I agree with that. Now look at what's happening with Mexican immigration. Mm -hmm. I absolutely agree that a, that a country should say, I don't want you to come in. I also agree I also agree that somebody can say, I don't want to hire you. You don't fit into my country, my bank. Yeah. My, I agree with that. But then I start thinking, if we don't level the playing field, Mike, mm -hmm. people will, we'll, we get people permanently locked into, into, into deprivation. I, that's, I, I remember, and you're probably too young. Doesn't that feel good? You're probably <laughs> good. When uh, they did a they did an IQ test on black people, mm -hmm. and they said, "Aha! Uh -huh, they're all stupid. They're not stupid. It's that the IQ test was created by middle class white people." Yeah, it was designed for them to fail. 
Yes. Like. Yes. <laughs> but they have, they don't have the same frame of reference. If you have been brought up with, with parents that had no education and they had to scrabble for every bit of, of money that they could get to feed you, they don't, you don't have the same mindset that somebody, for example, like, like me, I don't know how you were brought up, but I was middle class. Mm -hmm. And, and so, I mean, it was never, buying food, having food on the table and shelter was not an issue with me. Mm -hmm. Being popular was an issue, and especially me with my mouth, you can imagine. I was banned <laughs> immediately. <laughs> I was banned. But the, but the point is, those issues were not my issues. So mm -hmm. when you give someone an IQ test, it's about your, your life intelligence, your street smarts is what it's about. Yeah. I think the IQ test is bullshit. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. Like everyone it, has their own, like, not every, like some people are dumb in certain fields. Most of us are dumb in certain fields, but most of us are intelligent in other fields. That's right. When I, when I taught, I had a little girl whose name was Debbie. And I think her, I've, I've given her a different name, but her name, back last name, but her name was Debbie. And she came out on an IQ Q test of 70, which is stupid. And that child was not stupid. She was just not stupid. I, I, she was, I taught her to read. She was, she, she was very intelligent about living, mm -hmm. about human interaction. She was one of the kindest. The thing uh, is, is we are humans and we are basing humans intelligence based on the intelligence of other humans that created that test. That's right. But what that does with the children, do you realize what that does to our children? It locks them. I mean, my friend, I have a friend who just had her son applied to something like 11 schools and he mm -hmm. was not accepted and, and he's feeling stupid mm -hmm. and he's not, I've met him. He's a very bright, creative child. And we have just with this system taken his self-confidence and smashed it. And right. that's another, that's another reason why comedy is so good because when that happens to you and you go to a comedy show you see that other people are going through the same garbage. Yeah. And they've come out the other side. It, it's a bullshit system. It is. It is. Like, the way you the way you get through it, and I certainly have now, is you decide how much of it you want to accept. Mm -hmm. How much of it and it's hard. It's hard to do that. How much is gonna be you, you can't let outside opinions affect how you feel. The hardest thing to accept is that our success, our failure, our happiness, our unhappiness all comes down to what we think of ourselves. And it's kind of, it's really hard. And I can speak from experience because I let my anxiety get the best of me. There's days where I just don't want to. That's why I haven't became a stand-up comedian yet. I let my anxiety get the better of me. And you can't do that. Pardon? No, you can't do that. You have to say, people have said to me, aren't you afraid to get up there? And I, if you would read this book, it tells you <laughs> some of the things that have happened. After what I've been through, nothing scares me, believe me. Have you, I'm really scared. Hmm? Have you ever dealt with a heckler? Ah, I'm deaf. So I have said, I have never been heckled that I've heard. <laughs> Somebody will say something, but I can't 
pick out what they've said. So you just ignore it? No, no, no. I'm very, I love my audience. I would say, yes, darling. <laughs> I don't know what they say, yes, darling. But I have no idea what they said. So I have said I've never been heckled. I've never been heckled. But I probably have. I just have never heard it. They, never they, heard they always say the best comedians, you can tell the best comedians by how they handle a heckler. I agree. <laughs> I agree. And tell me what you think the best way to handle a heckler is. You heckle, you either A, heckle them back. <laughs> or I've seen a comedian do this before, and this is awesome. There was this one comedian I watched. He got somebody yelled at him, and he's like, what was that? And they said, you suck. He's like, all right, I suck. And he grabbed the microphone and handed it to the guy and sat in the audience. You try it. <laughs> so he sat in the audience, and while the guy was talking, he's like, you suck. <laughs> he's like, how does it feel? <laughs> oh, he said it to him. Yeah. yeah. What I believe is, first of all, the audience came there to laugh. Yeah. They came there to laugh. They're really, you'll get some drunk that's nuts, but you, they, they, they came to laugh. So they're all for you. And as soon as you attack the heckler, they stop liking you. So I either, well, of course, I've never been heckled, but I figure, well, if I ever hear it, you, you either ignore them, you just keep going, because whoever is running the venue needs to remove them, needs to well, take nine them. Nine times out of ten, the heckler is ruining the experience for everyone else. That's right. So the, so I've been uh, where I've heard hecklers, and and comedians are, all of us are very sensitive. Mm -hmm. And I've seen comedians that fight back, and, and I think it's a mistake. But if you're in a good club or a good place, the person that's running the venue will get rid of the heckler. They'll take them out. My question to you is, though, I, what if the heckler is being booed by the audience and the audience is not liking them? Then are you able to attack the heckler back? Or Because I heard George Carlin, and I thought it was kind of clever. He uh, is he, clever, but, but he's he had, a man. Hmm. He, he had a joke already in a set about people that wear baseball caps backwards, and he was joking about it. Well, I guess there was a heckler in the crowd, and it was alive, like they were recording this for a special. And this guy in the front row was wearing his baseball cap backwards, and he was talking shit on George Carlin. And George, without mentioning the guy, was like, you know what I hate? I hate loud douchebags with their baseball caps on backwards. <laughs> and anyway, and he did this whole bit. But He's a big name and can get away with it. But even so, I, it's, 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 and I cannot tell you how important it is to realize that your audience are people. I yeah. just heard the most marvelous, what was his name? David something Foster or something. It, did, it, it was a, a speech he gave at Kenyon College in 2005. And a lot of people have heard of it. It's called uh, uh, There is Water or something. And mm -hmm. in it, he says, we see these people that are acting like such jerks. And we don't realize that maybe they had a horrible day. Maybe the wife is dying. Maybe they've just discovered that they're bankrupt. We don't realize those we're dealing with human beings. Mm -hmm. And when to me, every person in my audience deserves respect. That's a valid and, point. And I, I will not attack any of them. That's a very valid point. I've never heard of it thought of that way. But it is. And I've got your email. I'm going to send you the link to this thing. Every time I listen to it, I want to cry. Because it's, it's, it's we forget that those are people with feelings. And mm -hmm. they came to hear us. And as a stand-up, they came to hear me and paid money. And if they didn't pay money, they paid in their time. And mm -hmm. 
And if I'm, if I say something that rubs them the wrong way, my God, I'm sorry. And they came in with the wrong attitude because comedy is not meant to be PC. It's meant to right. make you laugh. But, but I'm not going to attack them and make them more miserable than the remark that I made. If I make a remark that 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 really hit home, and my God, I and you know I'll always say I'm sorry, but not on stage. I won't say I'm sorry on stage. First place, I won't hear it. But I. What, what do you think of this? I heard uh, Joan Rivers said this, and so did George Carlin. They said the worst thing a comedian can ever do is apologize for the joke. You can apologize that the person got upset about it, but never apologize for a joke that you told. Because that is when the, that is the comedian. For if it hurts you, I apologize, but not for the joke. It's it's this. It goes back to what we were talking about before. It goes back to freedom of speech. It goes back to the right to have an opinion. J jokes are just opinions. They're opinions that are funny, but they're opinions. That's all. And 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 you come to a comedy show. You come to a comedy show. You're you're not expecting a sermon from the mount. Right. You're expecting something that's gonna, gonna shock you and make you a punchline. Even when a comedian says something though, sometimes that's not their own personal opinion. They're making fun of the opinion. That's that's very true. Like. God bless you. Yes, when I talk about, um, I talk about, about what a mess I am as an old lady, I mean, I'm angry. My my comedy and Suzanne, when you hear me, my comedy is anger. I'm angry at ageism. I'm angry at sexism. I'm angry. Mm -hmm. So I make jokes that make you see how ridiculous it is. Mm -hmm. And and it, and it is. It's it's ridiculous. What are the ones? Um, now that I'm 87, uh, there isn't a policeman in the world that wouldn't love to help me across the street, even when I don't want to go across the street. I mean, that's the point. People are bending over backwards to 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 help the little old lady. To I don't need help. I'm fine. Have I, you ever tried pulling the old George Carlin and pretending like you have Alzheimer's? <laughs> no, no, because uh, because I'm terrified that I might get it. But I was at the punchline in San Francisco, and I'm going along. And remember, when you do a when you're up on stage, you're doing three things. You're talking as if it's just conversation. Mm -hmm. You're thinking about what you're going to say next because we have topics, you know. And then you're thinking, what am I going to do if it doesn't work? So while you're busy thinking on all these things. I suddenly forgot totally where I was. So I looked at the audience and I said, so what was I saying? And they're thinking it's a joke. And they're laughing. And I'm thinking, I really don't know what I was saying. Nobody <laughs> help me. What was I saying? And nobody would help me. They were because they were laughing. They thought it was a joke. That's yeah. like I went to a show in Columbus. And I'm not going to mention who the uh, guy was that I was seeing, but he was a uh, musician. And he was like, it's great to be in Pittsburgh. And he was in Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody stood up and walked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, no, the performance life, if you if you you look at it with the right perspective, it's these people are giving a gift to the world. And this is why life, 
can be so difficult and particularly with with this pandemic and people are afraid and and people have lost jobs and opportunities are life can be so difficult and we're giving them an escape life is art and comedy shows that that's right that's right mm -hmm. but we're giving them an escape from the pressures that are driving them up a wall and all of a sudden we're saying what difference does it make what difference does it make we're here but let, let, let's let's laugh together at something that is funny and at the paradox of living and we can do that and so i really believe and that's why also i think it's so sad that the the industry that has suffered the most is the is the entertainment industry mm -hmm. when during the pandemic what do they need most anything any mm -hmm. entertainment to get them out of this hell that, that 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 they've created with their lives hell even the movie industry suffered yes all entertainment it's just so sad mm -hmm. it's coming back here a little bit and and in arizona they just took all the all the limits away is that right yeah when we first moved in like a weekend of moving in there was a local show going on and we went and saw band everybody oh. was wearing everybody was wearing masks and shit like it was nice mm. I don't wear a mask because I have I have COPD, so I don't wear a mask. But I'm not convinced that that helps. But some I said to someone, why are they doing all these regulations that don't make sense? And he said, because people are so afraid that they they the government wants people to feel they're doing something about it. But it's been very different in the United States. Each state has sovereignty, isn't that right? Each state can decide. It makes no sense to me. If you're living in the same country, there should be the same laws. But yeah, each state has its own. <laughs> so what's like, happening? Where is it most? I think Michigan is having a terrible time. Yeah. Well, each each state having its own laws is really confusing to people because here in Arizona, marijuana is now illegal. Now legal, like recreationally and medically. But when I go back home to Ohio, it's not going to be. Oh no, Ohio! We would not, not in Ohio. <laughs> Are you kidding? What's we, your stance? What's your stance on marijuana? You're a comedian. You have to enjoy it. No, I don't do it. I don't do any drugs. But I mean, Come can, on. You me, can you imagine me on drugs? Oh my God! No, no, no. I think that we should have sovereignty over our own bodies. I think the mm -hmm. drug issue is the same as the abortion issue. I think we should have sovereignty and the the vaccine. We should have sovereignty over our own bodies. I think we should be able to say, I I will I will do this or I won't. Did you hear what Oregon did? Pardon? Oregon? Did you hear what Oregon did? I can't imagine with Oregon. They grow marijuana in the fields. The they, legal, they, they legalized all drugs. I'm not surprised. When like you go to Oregon, the cows graze on marijuana. They're yeah. all high. You go down, you're driving down the road, and all the cows are sort of weaving around. They're all high. They're all, yeah. And you drink the you drink the local milk, and it's it just sets you up. There are there there Oregon. So Why? I can so I need to go to Oregon then and drink some milk. <laughs> drink some milk, but no, it's more than that. I'll bet now that they've legalized everything that there's less drug use. Yep, and there's also um, less. Uh, taxes going towards incarceration. You have to explain that one. 
there's there's less people being arrested, so their taxes are going That's towards right. Yeah, their taxes aren't going towards incarceration anymore. And there's also less violent crime because it's legal now. Why do you have to have violent crime with drugs? You can just go to freaking your local pharmacy and pick it up. <laughs> like, oh, listen, and, and I think that I think that the drug problem and it's been with us forever. Forever. Well, I don't I'm a big advocate towards legalization of marijuana and I don't get it. I don't get why it's illegal. Like you can go to your doctor and you can get legal heroin in a pain pill form, but you can't smoke. You can't smoke a plant that just grew in your backyard. No, I agree with you. I think that we, I think that we have a right to choose. And I think that by making it a crime, it, it, you're, you're causing crime. Yeah. You're, causing, you're, you're encouraging crime. Uh, I, I think so. I agree with you there, and I certainly don't see anything wrong with legalizing. Listen, they legalized tobacco. I smoked. Yeah. yeah. Well, you weren't around during that period. You're not that old. When it was when tobacco was illegal. Was tobacco illegal? At one time, it was. I do believe. I don't know about that. It never was when I was young. I was going to say you weren't. You weren't. You're not that old. <laughs> I'm pretty old. Did uh, you know? Did you know back alcohol? You're talking about alcohol. They they prohibition. Were you around back then? No, but my my parents were. That's no no sad. no. Um, but we couldn't. Well, and, and and there still is a legal drinking age, is there not? Yeah, there's legal drinking ages, and they just raised the smoking age in the United States to 21 instead of 18. I didn't know. I didn't know there was a legal smoking age. Yeah. I, I started smoking when I was thirteen. <laughs> well, what's weird is it's. I I know in Ohio. I don't know about in Arizona, but in Ohio they changed the smoking age to twenty one. But you can still buy weed at the age of eighteen at dispensaries. But you can. Is 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 marijuana legal in Ohio? No, it's uh, medically. Medically, it is. Ah, medical marijuana. Well, you know what's really fucked up, Lynn? Let, let me let me give you a little bit of a heart to heart about this. In Ohio, the list of reasons to having weed, none of it is mental illness, even though that's what it cures. That's what it's that's what it's meant for, isn't it? Yeah, but they have like AIDS and shit, which it does help. Weed has been known to cure all kinds of illnesses, but mental health is the big one. It's huge. Yeah. Gee, that's funny. I yeah. don't. I, I'll never understand Ohio because <laughs> I'll tell you something. No, you can knock Ohio, which of course I left it. I couldn't stand it. But the people are absolutely lovely people. Mm -hmm. You move in. You move into an Ohio neighborhood, and everybody will welcome you and be as lovely as you can be. Mm -hmm. And then just don't, um, just be careful because they've all got guns and they, and they, yeah, and they, and they're, and they're going to shoot you if you, if you come on them unexpectedly uh, and you can't have an abortion and you. Uh, hey, abortion is legal in Ohio still for now. Good. <laughs> for now. I think, I think I'm going to go one further. If, if I'm going to run for president. Will you be my vice? Let's do Absolutely. this. Absolutely. I was thinking I'd run for president. I'm of the right age. <laughs> I think you're a little younger than Biden. I thought just a little. <laughs> I'm the right age. I'm the right age. Um, I think that the world we we make the world 
a good place yeah. by the way we see uh, what's going on and how much we take seriously and how much we don't. I agree with you on most of the things you said. I, I think that I think that we should. Every time you make a law, Mike, it's every time you make a law, it becomes outdated the next day. Do you yeah. understand what I'm talking about? But and we keep those laws when they're they don't mean anything anymore. Like my thought process is, law, I think maybe I'm an anarchist. Me too. Let's do this. No, yeah, let's oh. do this. So you run for president, and I'll be your vice president. Yeah, let's do this. All right, and then, and then you can run for president in eight years. <laughs> then you'd be old enough. I'll, I'll, yeah, right. I'll set records. I'll set records in eight years. Yes, I will. I'll definitely set records. In eight years. So, so like my thought is, is also I'm going to take one step further. They should legalize prostitution. I agree. In the words of George Carlin, fucking's legal. Selling is legal. Why isn't selling fucking legal? He's right. That <laughs> it's you're not going to stop it. This is He's from India. Wants to vote. Yes. Uh, yes, I agree with you. I agree with you. I see. You know, I did a benefit for sex workers. That's what they call themselves. And I think they should have health benefits. I think this is something that's gone on for since mankind started. In Nevada, brothels will actually disease test the women and the men. Good. And Good. make sure that everybody's clean. Like, I think that's a great idea. I agree. I like, agree. And I, I, and I think I'll give you, I'll take it one step further. I think the most important people in this country, in any country, are the teachers. Because mm -hmm. teachers are the ones that help solidify the attitudes that we grow up with, that give us the picture of what life should be. And they are the most underpaid, overworked human beings. Right. Yeah. They, were, they were expected to work during the pandemic without hazard pay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like... I think you should get hazard pay if of you course. <laughs> but you realize how important they are. And I remember when I was at Michigan because I, I, I majored in education there and it was really not the brightest people that were in education. And it should be the our very brightest, most mm -hmm. most capable human beings that are teachers. That that reminds me of like politicians people are like this person isn't a politician they should be president no you should have somebody who knows what the fuck they're doing <laughs> in the position the most self-serving people are politicians and that breaks my heart because i'd like to think that barack obama was a lovely man but he wasn't he was a politician right there's no such thing as a lovely he was probably one of the lovelier politicians we've had but he set a standard he never did anything morally questionable. And Michelle, my God, she was wonderful. Because both of them kept their personal lives personal. There's uh, this guy that uh, I've been wanting to win. Uh, his name's Vermin Supreme. I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, you're going to laugh because he brought comedy into politics, and it is hilarious. He wears a rubber boot on his head. He wears and a what on his head? A rubber boot. 
<laughs> and he believes that all Americans should have a free pony. <laughs> oh, yes, I agree. Free pony? Oh, what about a puppy? Get a puppy. No, he said free oh, pony. And a pony, I do. Oh. And he also said that he's the only presidential candidate to have a zombie apocalypse plan. He wants to put he wants to put them on a giant like wheel, like a hamster wheel, and create renewable electricity. I'm going to vote for that man. <laughs> well, he ends his speeches with, "Remember, I am a politician, so I'm not going to keep any of my promises." Oh, I love it. I love. <laughs> I really love it. That's true. That's true. One of the things, yes, that's marvelous. I think this has been a very interesting conversation. You know that. This has yes. been a very interesting. Is this I, the best interview you've done? No. Oh, you son of a. <laughs> I got to try harder next time. Oh, with a pony, pup pony. Yeah, that's right. Can, 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 you, can you combine the two, like intersex them? A, a, a puppy, and, a puppy a and pony. I don't that'd think be, so. That'd be a weird animal. You can do, but you can do a wolfhound and a dachshund. I saw this one. It made me laugh because it's a uh, Great Dane and a Chihuahua. Oh, and, and, I the got to, Chihuahua, and the Chihuahua was the male, wasn't it? I hope. <laughs> Could you imagine a female Chihuahua? Oh, <laughs> oh my God. No. <laughs> oh. That dog, that dog, oh, was stop that was an evil laugh. Yeah, poor little Chihuahua. No, I, the Chihuahua was the male because they always they think they can do anything. How do you think it would look though, like a little dog with a big giraffe head? Or do, uh, or do, you, do you think? No, you know, I think now we're getting serious again. I love inter everything. I yeah. think I love intermarriage, I absolutely love it. When I was a kid. Races stuck to their own races. Mm -hmm. Religions stuck to their own religion. And I think the best thing in the world we can do is just all marry each other. Yeah. We'll you're, into the, you're into that orgy shit. I see. <laughs> what? What orgy shit? <laughs> you said we all should marry each other. Uh, yes, I believe in it. We so, all should marry. I don't believe in marriage. We're going to get me into that. But I believe we should all have babies. We should all have babies together. I, I think it's great. So you believe in the peace, love, and sex not movement? Really. No, not really. Not really. We're, we're getting we're getting too serious here. I believe that, I, I, I believe that, that, that sex should have meaning. It shouldn't just be humping the first one you see. I think sex should have meaning. Uh, I think that that, that 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 I think I don't have any problems with the way the world is going, but I think it's a shame that we don't have more that we're not more selective in who we sleep with. I just think that's a shame because I think that your body is 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 a connection and and it's more than just. I believe that sex is more than a physical thing, but of course that's because I'm stupid and old. But that's what I believe that it's more than a physical in thing. In your own in your own words though, Lynn, you you have to think about your hip. My hip. <laughs> <laughs> that, that I have to think about that too. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I have to be really careful because that's one of my jokes too. You're right. I look at the guy and I think is he worth a hip? <laughs> 
I've been doing my research. <laughs> but but um, I would like, I would like the world to to be to each human being to be proud of who they are instead of trying to be like someone else. Right. I, uh, a guy that I follow, he's a pro wrestler. He says, and he has a shirt that says it. It says, be yourself. Everyone else is taken. That's right. That's <clears throat> absolutely right. And it's very similar to what I used to tell my children when I taught them. I used to say, you know, I don't want you to be like that one or that one. We have one of those. Mm -hmm. Be like you. Yes, be yourself. Ever. Who is it that you follow? That's wonderful. His name's Rob Van Dam. He's a uh, former pro wrestler. He's a he's who? He's a professional wrestler. Of course he is. <laughs> he's he's also a big time stoner. Um. <laughs> so hey, hey, Lynn, we need to do this again sometime. We will, but I don't know whether I'll be as cute as I am. You know, I mean, you get you're like fine wine. You get better with age. <laughs> Should I tattoo that one on my chest along with do not resuscitate? Yeah. I am better with age. <laughs> I'll, ta I'll tattoo it on my chest. And by the time I die, it'll be tattooed around my ankle. <laughs> <laughs> you should get a tattoo of inflated balloons on your tits. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you'd be a walking, you'd be a walking tattoo. A walking tattoo. I don't know. I can do. I can do. Um, I can do the Eiffel Tower on mine. You know, a little narrow. <laughs> Hopefully, it's not the Leaning Tower. Yeah, but it leans. Oh, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Yeah, that's right. That's that's better. As a matter of fact, that's more accurate. That's more accurate. Wait till you see what happens when you wake up and everything's in your shoe. You just. Wait. <laughs> When I, was, I was watching this comedian. He said that he was going to the bathroom and his turd ended up taking a taking a boating trip on his turd. Oh, oh poor man. See, but see, we make fun of that. And then when it happens to these men, which it does. <laughs> oh, oh. Anyway, can we'll we, do this again. I've got we, right hmm. Is us men allowed? You know, women get facelifts and stuff. Can men get ball lifts? My latest is that men are waxing their balls. Oh, yeah. You got to shave that shit. Oh, no. <laughs> no. I don't know. I love my friend. My, I have a friend, Zana, and we're the same. I love a hairy chest. And I like it to go all the way down. I really do. I don't know. I go, oh, to, a, I go to the zoo. You can't keep me out of the gorilla cage. No. That's a <laughs> I'm a hairy guy, but I keep oh, it nice. I love that. <laughs> I, I keep it nice and shaved down there, though. Oh, you don't. Don't do I it. Do. No. It, it, looks, it looks like my junk is balding. And I have another friend that, that back waxes his back. No. He keeps everything <laughs> hairy, but he waxes his I'm telling you, all the men that are listening, it's really nice to be fuzzy. <laughs> I've thought about shaving my back because oh, no, 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 because my back literally looks like a pair of angel wings. Oh, like, 
you're turning me on. <laughs> I just love fuzzy men. I really love fuzzy men. Now that you guys know. Now anyone knows I'm taking offers. <laughs> taking offers for we're not allowed we're not allowed taking Lynn to the zoo. Actually, that's Lynn's newest book. It's called um <laughs> I like fuzzy men. I like fuzzy men. That's the new one. It'll be it'll be out soon. And it's going to have like a velvet cover. It's called <laughs> Lynn in the Gorilla Cage. <laughs> Do you know one other thing? One other thing. Are you aware that in would have been a 1960, oh, would have been, no, it'd be 1970, a gorilla, a gorilla won the modern art, the, the modern art uh, contest for a new artist. A gorilla really? won it. Really? Yes. That is insane. <laughs> I know. I know. And I said to the head of the Toledo Art Museum, why didn't they give the money? Won a lot of money. I said, why didn't they give the money to the gorilla? Why did they give it to the owner? And he said, because the owner knew when it was finished. And I want to apply that to relationships. The art of a good relationship is to know when it is finished. That is perfect. That's there's a been, way to end there's, right? there's been so many times that I was I stayed in relationships that I knew weren't good for me just because I felt bad for leaving. That's right. You got to. Everybody in the chat says your book should be called "I Like Fuzzy Men," forwarded by me. <laughs> just, I like, just, I like, I like fuzzy men who live in in Arizona. <laughs> on the picture, it's just me shirtless in a gorilla cage. Oh yeah, I love fuzzy men, and I tell you, a lot of us do. I mean, when I serve, what like I'll have somebody over for dinner, and I when I serve them like coffee or something, I really look so I can see. Oh, you're a dirty old pervert. You know that. I, I, well, you knew that when you asked me to be on. <laughs> That's why I asked you to be on here. That's right. I could never have gotten on this program if I wasn't a dirty old pervert. I think. <laughs> anyway, well, I really love this. Now I you're, know what a pink sock is. I had no idea. You're, you're the Hugh Hefner of comedy. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Anyway, I've loved this. So come to London. Suzanne would love to have you too. Well, hey, how about me and you do a little tour? I'll open for you. Let's do this. Okay. What are you going to open? Uh, my legs. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with your shirt. <laughs> I'm going to come out. You know, uh, ever seen that comedian that comes out and takes his shirt off and throws it into the crowd? Oh, my his God. I love that. His name's Bert Kreischer. He's a heavy set guy. He takes off his shirt and throws it and tells jokes. How hairy is he? He's not very hairy, but That's he's. Hard. But I was thinking about doing the same thing, except have tearaway pants and wear a thong. Be <laughs> <laughs> like, let's tell stories. Let's tell stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do that, and no one would know where to look. That's the whole problem. No one would know where to look. We're going. Anyway, I love this. I've got things to do, and I'm sure you do too. We'll do this again. All right. It was nice talking to you. And guys, go check out her book. She's hilarious. I don't know which book to check out. She has so many of them. She has The Last Laugh, Getting the Last Laugh. And then I've got, I've got um, uh, Outrageously Old and Loving It. That's, Brent. That's that one. Yeah. 
And then I've got thoughts while walking the dog. Oh, those are my dogs. Thoughts, and that's it. My God, you look at this. That's right. And then I love this. This is my favorite novel, The Late Bloomer. I love it. It's and fun. And that's my bestseller. And those are my paintings on the on the on the on the cover. We will, Suzanne. We'll do it too. Be before you go, I just wanted you to touch on this a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, this. Yeah. What happened? I finally got a visa. I came here. And and I was promised a visa. That's why I came here. And the guy never gave me a gave me the visa. And and then I had what they call here a sports and entertainment visa, which mm -hmm. means you have to leave the country every three months. Then the pandemic happened, and I couldn't leave the country, and I had no visa because you have to renew it every three months. Oh shit! And I finally, I. I the idea was you can get, it's not easy to get a, to get a visa in, in Britain. You either have to be very talented, you can marry someone, you can get a PhD, or you can have a lot of money. Well, I haven't had a lot of money. I mean, forget that. I'm a comedian. If I, and I said, and I mean, I said it in, in my other thing. If I got married, I'd have to cook someone three meals a day and do a lot of other uncomfortable things. I don't want to do that. And then if I have to do a PhD, I'm going to have to remember something. <laughs> so you got to be talented. So I had to be talented and I'm really not. So what I did is I conned some people into writing. I guess she really is talented. What they said was she's unique. <laughs> but it worked. It worked. And then when I got the visa, I thought, oh, I've got it. I can do anything now. And it says in the bottom, no, you can't. <laughs> You can't do sports. <laughs> you can't do rugby or cricket. I was counting on wrestling. <laughs> I, mean, I haven't had any good body contact in really a long time. Wrestling could have done. You could have been the modern day Hulk Hogan. You could have. Just yeah. <laughs> oh, I was just I was gutted. <laughs> <laughs> but it was nice talking to you, Lynn. I loved uh, it. I really. I, I, it. I loved it. It was a lot of fun. It was nice. I'm glad that we just jumped right into it. We did, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Normally, I have like an intro video. I'm like, "Fuck it, let her talk." So I went ahead and jumped right into it. <laughs> All right. Listen. Be be safe. I'm going to be doing a tour of the United States. I think in the late fall, when the weather gets crappy here, which it does in London, um, and then I'll come to Arizona. Where in Arizona are you? What's the city? Uh, Phoenix. Oh, well, that, I think I can remember that one. That's the big one. <laughs> I know. It, it, if you come anywhere in Phoenix, I'll drive to see you. All right. No, I'll just I'll, I'll get over to you. Yeah, sleep on my couch. I, no, I want I want the hairy chest is what I want. <laughs> I'm get He's laughing because he doesn't know I mean it. <laughs> this was Lynn Ruth Miller, and next week we have AC Slade. Mm. Oh, you, you said, mm, like you were like, you wanted some of that. <laughs> Honey, at my age, I'll take anything I can get. <laughs> but we, we have AC Slade in a couple weeks. Next week is actually my birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yes. How old are you going to be? Going to be 29. Again. Yeah, and again. And again, yeah, I, I actually I'm going to do what my grandma did. She said she she told people she's 30 her whole life. 
So when I hit 30, I'm just going to tell people I'm 30 all the time. Are you really going to be 29? You're that young? Yeah. I can't believe I made you laugh. <laughs> You're hilarious. <laughs> I'm old enough to be your great grandmother. My God. I've been 29, I think, about five times. That, that's not really attractive to say in the bedroom. Some people like daddy. Nobody likes great grandma. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're, am I your daddy? Am I your daddy? So you're, am I your great grandma? Am I your great grandma? I don't feel really work. Well, it's been great. It's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Go check out Lynn's comedy. You can find her on YouTube. You can find her on Facebook. You can find her everywhere. She's everywhere. I'm trying. <laughs> she's everywhere. Remember, everyone, live long, rock hard. Love you, Lynn. I love you too, honey. Thank you so much. No problem.